This morning, I'm going to be talking on the next topic uh, in the series that Hugh started uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, which this morning is going to be healing. I've decided to call this preach, you're going to like this, Three Steps to Healing by a Pirate. So to me, healing is a little bit like a river that has many tributaries. Um, it's a large topic, um, and any one of these tributaries that join the river of healing uh, can take and give an opportunity to dig in a lot. So there's a lot of stuff in various tributaries in a larger uh, topic. So today I purely want to focus uh, on the basics and then spend a little bit of time digging uh, into one of these tributaries. My objective is not to give you guys too much scripture, although I have got a bunch of it. My whole objective is just to try and give you guys something uh, tangible, something you can chew on, something you can digest, and something you can ask the Holy Spirit to uh, expand, sort of it as it uh, pertains to your life. Um, so as many of you know, I grew up in South Africa in the 70s and 80s. And 90s. I was there for a while. And that's right, I was born in the early 70s. Um, on this farm, we didn't have TV until I was at least eight or nine years old. No television. No sympathy? None? Okay. Well, there was no jump zone either. There was no Chuck E. Cheese for at least a thousand miles. What I can tell you, though, is I had two brothers and parents that were not helicopter parents. They would simply say, go and play. And when, thanks Hugh. Ease of the, it feels so much better. Wow. I didn't realize I was like, wow, it's so much better. Hey? Goodness me. So anyway, so I had two brothers and my parents were definitely not helicopter parents. They would simply say to us, go and play. And when the sun starts going down, that's when you come home, right? Now that I'm a parent, I, don't, I have no clue what they were doing. It's crazy. They would just let us go. Um, we did have two or three big dogs that used to follow us everywhere because we lived on a farm. These dogs were everywhere. They were like our little soulmates. They just, wherever we went, they went with us. So I guess my parents thought that these dogs would protect us in case some danger arose uh, or a circumstance we couldn't encounter, which they did on occasion uh, get to a snake before the snake got to us. So, um, so anyway, so off we went. Rocks, caves, bushes, trees and a great imagination. I thought I was a pirate. I really was. And I even brought proof. There it is. The funny thing about that photo, it's not me. <laughs> it's my brother. But I called my mom. I said, Mom, because I know she has one. She just couldn't find it. So my brother was part of the adventure, so I thought he could qualify for the picture. But we really did uh, think we were pirates. So off we went to claim our gold. Just like in the Goonies movie. Who's seen the Goonies movie? 
started this adventure. We had our map and off we went. Um, so the thing is, it's not just like, well, here's the gold. Just help yourself. No, it wasn't like that at all. There were bad guys, booby traps, dangerous challenges. You must be brave and hold on to nothing. Endure and stick to the map. If this wasn't my crazy imagination, it would sound a little bit like the Christian journey, right? The truth is we live in a fallen world. A world where Satan, as the god of this world, is a thief and a destroyer who seeks to rob people of their joy and their destiny in, in whichever way he can. And we have all suffered the consequences of his work, and we see those consequences in lives uh, all around us. The truth is we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners and fall short, according to Romans 3.23. But then we have the beautiful story of the gospel, right? Jesus has paid the price for sin. He died in our place so that we can live the wages for sin is death, and he paid that price in full, as it says in Romans 23. He now offers us a free gift of salvation. All we have to do is receive it. We cannot be saved by our works, or by our family, or by anybody else. We have to respond ourselves to the gospel. We have to respond to the gospel for ourselves and ask Jesus to be Lord of our lives. When we do, at that moment, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit comes, and he places us inside of Jesus. And the door is swung open, and we have full access to Father God. We were dead, but now we're alive. So as it pertains to healing, I'm convinced man can never, ever, be truly healed, truly healed until his sin is forgiven and he is made alive in Christ and reconciled to the Father. Jesus put it like this when he was talking to Nicodemus in John 3. This is from the Passion. Trans I'm not going to call it a translation, cause, but just so it, it sounds a little different. Nicodemus Listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must first experience rebirth. Nicodemus said, rebirth? How can a gray-headed old man be reborn? It's impossible for a man to go back into the womb and a second time be reborn. Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. For the natural realm gives birth to things that are natural. But the spiritual realm gives birth to the supernatural life. You shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You must be born from above. For the spirit blows as it chooses. You can hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is within the hearts of those who are born of the Spirit. In 1 Peter 3.18, it puts it like this. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, 
to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So step one, be born again. So here we are, born again, reconciled to God, spirit-filled, placed in heavenly spaces, places. Everything is perfect, right? No more struggles. No. Why? The reason is we still live in a fallen world. Our spirit has come alive to God, but our flesh, our brain, the way we think is still the same. And so this journey begins. Does God want to heal us? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. It's already done. Isaiah 53 puts it in this form. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that he brought that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Jesus declared on the cross, it is finished. It's done. Sin, death, dealt with forever. It is settled. So like in my pirate days, the adventure and journey is about to begin. Right? So God has given us two things that are vital to our journey in this fallen world. First thing is given us his word, which is a all you need to know manual to navigating this fallen world. And second, he's given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead us and teach us all things. Pretty awesome, right? God enters into this relationship with us and he promises to give us a hope and a future. He promises to lead us and never to leave us. So no more struggles now, right? No. On the contrary, Jesus said we should expect trouble. Remember? Bad guys and booby traps. Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I think a very good picture of this uh, example of this process is the Israelites coming out of Egypt on their way to the promised land. The promised land was theirs. But they had to cooperate with God. They had to trust God day by day and contend for that promise. Healing is ours completely. But sometimes we need to contend for that promise. I'm not sure about you, but when God found me, I was a bit of a mess. Um, a little bit like this can. I have a can. Where's my can? There's my can. Thanks, babe. You see this? This is a can. This is a can, yeah. So um, when he found me, I think my life looked a little bit like this. <clears throat> so let me ask you a question. In this state, do you think my value is any different to God? No, right. Does it change how much God loves me? 
No. That's right. However, in this state, how successful do you think I would be in containing delicious Coke and delivering a cool refreshment to the thirsty soul that is in need of caffeine and a sugar boost? I know it's a bad comparison, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? So that's, what it, that's how it started, right? In this state, God took a hold of my life, declared I'm, you are mine, I love you, I gave everything to get you back, I will restore you for the purpose that I created you to carry the gift to many and he declares that over our lives when he gets us like this, right? But from this journey to this journey, to this place, so from the can to God's ultimate plan and design for this can's life. You're still following me, right, guys? Okay. I'm going to lose you here. Um, this is a journey of love of faith and trust. That our Creator, once He's got a hold of our life, is going to start doing some stuff. Needless to... Uh, I, when I accepted Jesus, God immediately started doing a work in my life, bringing restoration and healing. And needless to say, this is an ongoing process. But God is faithful. He's building... He's teaching, he's correcting, he's disciplining, he's growing, and he's leading me. Not always, but in some seasons, I feel a little bit like 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. In Scripture, we see God can bring healing in an infinite amount of ways to our body, to our minds, to our spirits. You may walk into a worship meeting one day and just by the presence of God be supernaturally healed. Just by His presence and what He's doing uh, in that place. Maybe a friend prays for you. Prays the, the prayer of faith and you're healed. Maybe you call the elders at church and say, hey guys, anoint me, pray for me, I know it's biblical, and you get healing, and over a couple of weeks, you walk into the fullness of healing. But God has told us there's another way. His word. This concept is repeated and covered many times in the Bible, but I'll share one from Proverbs, which I really like. It's in Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my words, Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. My words are life and health. When we give attention to God's word, it is life and health to our flesh. So step two, read the word. Consume it. Read the word. 
And straight into step three is respond to God's word. There needs to be a response. There needs to be an action uh, on our part. James is pretty straightforward and gives us a warning. In James 1.23, he says, Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you are uh, when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who go and glance in a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. As we look into God's word, it's going to reflect in our lives. As we seek God in his word, the Holy Spirit will highlight things and will speak to us about certain things pertaining to our lives. And as we respond to his leading, we will grow in freedom and we will produce good fruit. So his word is a roadmap to navigate a broken and a fallen world. God encourages us, renew your mind by studying the word. Rewire the way your brain works. If you rewire your brain, your perspectives will change and your life will change. And respond to God's word. This is a process of bringing your life in line with God's word and God's truth. In other words, when we, we hear God say something, we then, ah, oh, we see it, and then we realign our lives to the Word of God, which is essentially is like, oh, I see that, God. I agree with you, and you bring your life in. Um, let me illustrate, if you don't mind, for a second. I suppose I can keep this. So I want to draw a picture because I think sometimes a concept through visual things for me is good. So let's do this. Uh, truth. So this is your life. This is the, the word of God and truth, right? So... Let's say we over here, and one day we're reading our Bible, and the Holy Spirit shows us something that's over here. So this is truth, right? I'll put it in blue so we can see it. So we're over here. So. You're having a quiet time and you're praying to God and you're reading the word and God, the Holy Spirit highlights something to you. And he highlights something about forgiveness and about a particular person and instantly you're like, somebody comes to mind. And let's say somebody stole something from you in business in a bad way and you took offense and you're like, I'm going to get him. Next deal, I'm going to get him. So... What we do when we recognize that, the Holy Spirit will show it to us. And our response is, all right, I recognize what they did was wrong. And I recognize the injustice of it. There was injustice involved. But Lord, I know it's wrong that I hold this offense or this unforgiveness in my heart. So Lord, I recognize that it's wrong. I forgive them, Lord, not because... 
cleans the slate, but in obedience to God. So I forgive them. And when I forgive them, like this thing is brought in line with God's word, right? This process in our lives will bring healing. This process will bring restoration. As we seek God, as we spend time with him, as he speaks to us. Perhaps we are reading something in, and uh, God highlights idols. And he highlights and you realize, hey, you know, every week I read astrology, star signs, or something, and the Holy Spirit convicts you. And he says this, if, you, you, if in some way you're putting your faith into it, you're aligning yourself to it, it's wrong. It's like, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, right? Forgive me, Lord. I've sinned because you are Lord. You are God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are my shepherd. You are the one that leads me, right? God, forgive me. You're bringing it in line with God's word. So as this pertains to healing, there's all sorts of stuff. And like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And he knows what he's doing and where he's taking you, right? So this process in all things is bringing restoration to your life through the years as you walk with God, as you walk with Jesus. The Holy Spirit will reveal things. And as we respond... we walk in a greater measure of God's healing and God's restoration. That's, so that, that's, I just wanted to bring that because sometimes you can, you know, it, uh, it helps to, to, to visually see things. Um, I was going to go in a different, I was going to speak on something else, but I think um, I just don't know if it's, if it's, if it's right. So in conclusion, um, we recognize what is true, that we are healed. And we recognize what has been given to us through the cross. And we seek greater revelation. And we never give up. This journey of healing, growing and maturing, I believe takes a lifetime and some. But we rejoice because we know how this ends. In Revelations it gives us a, a peak in 21 verse 4. He, Jesus, will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So that's all I had. I just wanted to give you something to chew on. And it's as simply as walking with Jesus, reading his word, and responding to his word, and we will walk in a greater sense, of, a, a greater reality of restoration, a greater reality of, of healing and peace and joy, which would ultimately leads to a better life, right? A, a more peaceful life. All right. So that's all I have. So uh, let me pray for us, and then uh, I'll hand over to Hugh. Father, you were so good uh, to us. You were so faithful. You were so loving and you were so kind. And I thank you, Lord, as you hold our lives, that you promise to finish what you started in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, your ways are not our ways. Uh, and as you work, Lord, that as we just humble ourselves uh, to you, 
and walk with you, Lord, that you know what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. So I just thank you for that, Lord, that we can just trust you, that we can just rest in you, and we can respond as you lead us uh, by the power of your Spirit inside of us. So we just thank you for that, Lord, in every way, in Jesus' name. So, um, you know, we always uh, want to make space for response. So I want to pray for, for uh, two people, or two kinds of people today. First, if you've never taken that step, if you've never personally accepted Christ um, as your Savior, um, I would like to pray for you afterwards. Feel free, Meg and I will be over here. And second of all, uh, as it pertains to healing, uh, we've spoken about healing this morning, and we trust for healing, and we believe for healing, and we will always pray for healing. So if you want healing, if you need healing uh, of any sort or any kind, come up afterwards. We'll stand alongside you uh, and trust uh, with you uh, for breakthrough.